Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Hey everybody, good morning and welcome to Coastal Community Church. Good to see everybody today. First of all, again, welcome to those of you uh, who are here uh, in the building. Great to see you in person. And uh, welcome to those of you who are online, the many of you who tune in uh, week in and week out. And I mean, I really appreciate you guys that are staying engaged, engaged in community, engaged in our church uh, through our online ministry. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, I am Pastor Chris. Now, first of all, how about that big box truck? Is that awesome or what? Now, for those of you uh, who are not here in person and uh, didn't jump on earlier for the pre-show, uh, here is a picture of it. Wow, we can applaud again. Look at that thing, man. I know we've been talking about it. We've been talking about wrapping it and what it was going to look like. But, uh, you know, man, it just looks so, it looks better than what I envisioned it was going to look like. I'm so excited about it. Uh, I can't wait to put this thing on the road and start uh, using it for community outreach. And uh, it's just going to be such a great uh, asset to our church. And I think Chris Jones, by the way, is, um, is more excited than a teenager getting his first car. I mean, like, he is pumped about that thing. And, uh, he'll probably be uh, rolling around Charleston quite a bit, so look out for Chris. And uh, it's got speakers, it's got lights. I mean, uh, it is just—it's legit. It's—it's a, it's a really big deal. Um, now, let me say this: we were able to purchase this box truck for one reason and one reason only: uh, your generosity through the Christmas offering. Our Christmas offering. Now, did I get, I did not get Taylor. I was going to get Taylor to stick around and give me a little drum roll, but we won't do a drum roll. But our goal uh, for this year's uh, Christmas offering was $75,000. And uh, that's, that was the biggest um, you know, goal we had ever set. And truthfully, we were a little nervous about that uh, because, you know, it's during a pandemic, you know, and most of our church is watching online, uh, but I just felt like that's what, you know, we felt like that's what it needed to be. Now, so do you want to know what you gave this year? You ready for this? Here it is, $116,235.95. Wow, 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 wow. Just amazing, Coastal. Thank you so much. Again, uh, your generosity uh, never, never ceases to amaze me. Um, you know, during you know a difficult, difficult season and a hard year for a lot of people, man, you guys just uh, you know you just keep giving. And uh, I think you know, really, I believe most of that is because our church also keeps serving and keep, we, we keep loving, we keep being generous, we keep reaching out. And, um, and so as we uh, give, God keeps giving us and returning. And um, so again, thank you so much um, for participating in this year's Christmas offering. Uh, it's gonna go toward a lot of outreach uh, in our community. So let's jump right in and talk about today. Uh, last week, we kicked off a brand new series called This Is My Year. Okay, this is my year two, and then each week we're going to look at a different area of our lives where if you and I will just make uh, a commitment in this area, you know, to, to follow through, it's going to make a huge, huge impact in our lives. And uh, last week we talked about uh, taking next steps spiritually, 
and whatever that might look like for you and maybe some of the barriers to that and what that process looked like. Well, today, um, I want us to talk about an area that you probably didn't think about. You know, for, uh, leading up to this series, we, on social media and email, ask you to start thinking about, you know, making your list. You know, 2021, this is my year to, you know, blank, whatever that might be. And my guess is not very many people put today's subject matter on the top of the list. But I really do believe that it has the potential to make just as great of an impact. Here it is. 2021, this is my year to forgive. Forgive. How many of you recognize uh, the Lord's Prayer when you hear it out loud? Yeah, probably most of us, right? You know, we've heard it over the years. Even if you're not uh, a believer, if you didn't grow up going to church, you probably are familiar with uh, the Lord's Prayer. So if you know how it goes, I want you to repeat it with me. And this is going to be the classic uh, King James Version that most of you are familiar with. So we're going to put it up on the screen. Here we go. Our Father, you gotta, now this is the repeating section. You, you, you say it with me. We're going to say it together. Okay, here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Now, did you catch that middle phrase though? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, more modern translations will say, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And then, just to add some emphasis Jesus tacks on this little explanation in the next two verses. And quite honestly, you kind of wish he hadn't have done it, okay? Because it gets real, real very quickly. Listen to this. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. Wow. I mean, Jesus is saying that our forgiveness from God is linked to our ability and our willingness to forgive other people in our lives. I mean, you can't get any clearer than that. Now, why is that so hard? Why is that so difficult? Well, I think one of the reasons it's so hard to forgive others is because we really do have a misunderstanding about what forgiveness really is. And so first of all, today, I want us to talk about what forgiveness is not, okay? So if you're taking notes, number one, forgiveness is not making excuses for people. It's not making excuses for people. You know, if you've been hurt in the past, you do not have to justify their actions. You don't have to say things like, well, you know, they were under a lot of stress. Or, I don't think they really meant it. You don't have to do that. Number two, forgiveness is not trusting the passage of time. Trusting the passage of time. How many of you have ever heard, or in fact used the phrase yourself, time does what? Time heals all wounds, right? We've all probably said that. 
You've heard it, right? Let me ask you a question. What world are you living in? I mean, seriously, the passage of time does not necessarily make things better. I mean, I know people, and you do too, who you know, have been holding on to things for like 20, 30 plus years, and time has not done anything to heal their pain. It's only gotten worse. Number three, forgiveness is not denying the pain. It's not denying the pain. You know, it's not saying, oh, you know, that, that, that really didn't hurt. It didn't matter. You know, it, it's okay. You know, we're really good at this. Men are we're really good at this. I mean, we love to deny. You know, we're tough. We're rugged. You know, nobody can hurt me. You know, I didn't feel a thing. And yet, unforgiven hurt is kind of like a, just a small, small splinter in your finger. And it might be really tiny and really small, but if you just keep denying that it's there, Eventually, that thing is going to infect and destroy your whole hand. Number four, forgiveness is also not getting an apology. It's not getting an apology. It's not expecting an apology. You know, it's not confronting someone and saying, you know, I demand that you apologize. Forgiveness is not seeking revenge. It's not getting in somebody's face. As much as you might want to do that, or worse, when someone hurts you. So, how can we forgive people just as God has forgiven us? So today I want us to look at just a, a short, maybe even somewhat simple biblical process for forgiveness. Now, as we look at this process though, one of the things that I wanna challenge everybody with is to personalize this and to make it very real. You know, just like we talked about last week, about not just, you know, hearing the word of God and just, you know, coming and listening to it, but really putting it into practice. That's what I want to see happen today. And so, you know, this doesn't need to be just a, you know, an abstract intellectual exercise. In, in fact, instead, man, I want us to experience true freedom. And to do that, I need you to think about somebody in your life that you might need to forgive. So with all that in mind, step number one in learning to forgive is to understand how much God has forgiven me. To understand how much God has forgiven me. You know, as human beings, we all have this amazing capacity to forget just how completely, fully, and freely God has forgiven us. Isaiah 118 from the Living Bible says this, come, let us talk this over, says the Lord. No matter how deep the stain of your sin, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you as white as wool. You see, before we go any further in this process of, of forgiving others, we first have got to understand how much God has, has forgiven us. You know, we got to remember that we are the ones who went to God with this crimson red stain on our souls. And God totally forgave us. Why? Because God offers his forgiveness unconditionally. Not conditionally, unconditionally. 
Listen, we've got to get this step down first because only forgiven people will forgive others. You know, one of the reasons that it's been so hard to forgive someone else, again, is that you have forgotten just how much you have been forgiven by God. You are never gonna have to forgive someone else more than God's already forgiven you. And Jesus tells a very interesting story about about forgiveness in Matthew chapter 18. And the story is about this king who was owed a load of money. I mean, a load of money. And so the king decides that it's time to call in all the people who are in debt to him and to make them pay. And so the first guy that the king calls in is this guy who owed him millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And so the guy comes in before the king, and the king says, listen, you owe me millions. It is time. Today's the day to pay up. And the guy says, king, I don't have the money. And so the king says, listen, I'm going to have you, your wife, and your children, and everything you own sold. And the guy just gets down, I mean, falls on his knees before the king. And he says, oh, king, please, please be patient with me. Have mercy on me. I will pay it all back. And Jesus says that the king was filled with pity and mercy for him, and he released him and his family, and he forgave the debt completely. Okay? So as the story goes, the man who was in debt leaves the king, and he's out walking down the street, and he sees this guy who owes him, you know, a few thousand dollars. And so he goes up to this guy and he grabs him by the throat and he demands his money. And so the guy who owed thousands of dollars falls down in front of the guy who had just been cleared of millions. And and he says to that guy, listen, please, please be patient with me. You know, I'll, I'll do everything I can. I will pay it back. And so the guy who had been cleared of millions, he has the man, his wife, and his children all thrown into prison. So word gets back to the king, what happened? And as you can imagine, the king is absolutely furious. Matthew 18, 32 through 35, listen to this. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Now the story ends, but then Jesus continues, and he adds something on again, kind of tacks something on that you and I probably wish he wouldn't have. Listen to what he says. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Oh my goodness. I mean, it doesn't get any stronger than that. It doesn't get any more clear than that. So let me ask the question. Do you have somebody in mind that you need to forgive? Now, I I honestly bet from the moment you realized that today's message was on forgiveness, you probably thought about somebody. In fact, it's possible that you started to play the tape of how they had hurt you in your mind over and over again already. Perhaps it was someone who committed adultery. Maybe it was a spouse who hurt you. Perhaps it was a parent who abused you. Someone who molested you. 
Maybe it was a friend who betrayed you, stabbed you in the back. You see, what we are talking about today, it is very personal and very, very real. And even though it might be painful as we continue to walk this through, again, I want you to personalize it. But it all begins with understanding just how much God has forgiven you. Step two, set the person free. Set them free. In other words, you ready for this? You release them entirely. Now what does that mean? What does it mean to set them free? It means you no longer hold on to the bitterness or the resentment. It means you stop playing the tapes of that incident over and over again where they harmed you. You see, when you release someone, when you set them free, it means that you don't have to uh, confront them. You don't have to repair the relationship. You don't have to reconcile with them because freedom, setting someone free, really is all about you. It's not about them. You don't even have to be in a conversation with the other person to set them free. You can choose to release them. Forgiveness is a choice. And when you and I make that choice, listen, it will set you free. You see, a lot of you, instead of setting them free, what are you doing? You are holding on to that grudge. You're holding on to that grudge over that person. You know, somebody once said that holding a grudge is kind of like you drinking poison and hoping that the other person will get sick and die. My question to all of us today is this. Listen, do you want to walk out of here in freedom? And do you want to experience the joy that God wants to give you when you release other people? Then you've got to do it. You've got to set them free. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're saying, I am giving up my rights to repayment. You know, when somebody hurts us, when, we, when, uh, when someone does damage to us, we think that they owe us and they've got to repay us you know, for the wrong that they've done, for the harm that they've caused. So when you release that person, you are releasing your right to repayment. You are saying that that person no longer owes me anything. You're also releasing your rights to revenge. You know, when someone hurts you, it's natural to want revenge. You want to have that conversation, right? Or worse, where you let them have it. But revenge is not our responsibility. It's, it's God's. Romans 12, 17 and 19 says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Listen to me. You will either release them and be done with it for the rest of your life, or you're going to rehearse it and replay it for the rest of your life. Release or rehearse, the choice is yours. You know, another reason this step is so important because when you're actually doing that, when you're holding on to that grudge, when you're holding on to that bitterness, you know what you're really doing? You are really separating yourself from God. And so when you release that person, when you set them free, really what you're doing is you're setting yourself free. 
You know, go back to the story that Jesus told in Matthew 18. Look at these verses again, verse 34. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. One translation says, delivered him to his tormentors. Another one says, sent the man to prison. And then in verse 35, he says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. In other words, by choosing not to forgive, not to release. It's almost like you're putting your, yourself in your own self-imposed prison of torture and hurt and pain. And it's going to continue to manifest itself in all kinds of negative consequences. And what you're doing is you're just allowing that person, here's the crazy part, you're allowing that person who hurt you to continue to have power in your life. And it's going to it's going to come up in all kinds of negative ways, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, until you forgive that person, until you set them free. And when you do that, man, that's when God shows up and he says, I can miraculously bring good even out of the pain that you've experienced and set you free. Man, I don't know how he does it, but he does it over and over and over again. In fact, many of you today here in, in, in person, online, you are walking miracles. You are. Listen, I don't know what purpose God's going to bring out of your painful situation, but I do know that our God can bring purpose out of pain. I know that God can bring ministry out of misery. He can bring healing out of your hurts. That's the miracle of forgiveness. That's what happens when you choose to set people free. Now, those first two steps, understanding God's great forgiveness for you and setting people free, those are absolutely mandatory. You have to take those steps. You can't skip them. But this next one, number three, is actually conditional. In fact, in parentheses there, it says, if or as much as possible. Step three is this, reestablish the relationship. Reestablish the relationship. Now, let me be clear. Listen to this, forgiveness and reconciliation are not, are not the same thing. In fact, there are times when you should not reconcile. For example, don't reestablish the relationship if it leads to additional harm. You know, don't reestablish the relationship if you're going into it expecting an apology. You know, we, we go to reestablish a relationship with someone who's hurt us, and then we've got this tape playing in our mind of how the whole thing's going to go down, how it's going to play out. You know, they're going to get down on their hands and knees. We're going to hug it out. You know, they're going to beg for forgiveness. In other words, you know, you have an agenda, and truthfully, you really haven't released them. But if you can if it's possible, reestablish the relationship. But listen to this. Even if you can't, you are still responsible to act in a good and godly way toward that person. Listen to Romans 12, 21. Listen to this. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing evil or wishing them harm or continuing to talk about the situation. It doesn't say that, does it? Not at all. Listen to what the Bible says. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing what? Doing good. What does that mean? That means you pray and you ask God to begin to change the way you think toward that person. 
You begin to pray, not for God's vengeance, but even God's blessing on that person. And then you actually look for ways that you might be able to act in a positive way toward that person. But at the very least, you decide, I'm going to stop talking about them, and I'm going to stop talking about this situation. Listen, biblically, it is okay not to go back relationally to the way things were. I mean, let's say, for example, that your best friend has an affair with your spouse. According to the Bible, you and I are required to forgive that person, but you are not required to to remain friends, to be best buddies. It doesn't mean you're still going to hang out on the weekends. I mean, forgiveness, yes. Setting them free, yes. Reconciliation only, only if possible. You see, if you have forgiven the offender, if you've released them, then you should feel no guilt whatsoever about that relationship not being restored. Many, many times it's okay not to restore the relationship. And again, there are times when you shouldn't. Romans 12, 18 says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now that short little verse packs a punch and it says some interesting things. First of all, it says, as far as it depends on you. In other words, you can't force the other person to release you, but you can do your part. You know, you can do your side of the equation. And then it says, if it's possible. What does that mean? That means sometimes, guess what? It's not. Now, if it's possible, if it's not possible, excuse me, if it's not possible, then Skip this step and go on to step number four. Step number four, repeat the process. Repeat the process. Let me me ask you a question. Have you ever read uh, the directions on a bottle of shampoo? I'll be honest with you. I hadn't done that in a long, long time, okay? Been a a while, okay? But I do know what it says. Kind of funny what it says. I mean, this is the ultimate marketing ploy here, right? It says, wash, rinse, and what? Repeat. Oh, my goodness. Keep using it over and over and over again, right? The process of forgiveness, guess what? Is the same. In other words, you are going to go through this process for the rest of your life over and over and over again. In fact, probably you're going to have to repeat it over and over and over again with one particular person or this particular incident or that, you know, that scenario. Listen, you you know, probably you've been thinking about one person that you need to forgive. Unless you've lived a really sheltered life, there's probably more than one person in your past. And even if you have forgiven everybody in your past, guess what? There are going to be more people in your future. In fact, what's, what's interesting, the context of this little story here that Jesus tells is that, you know, in Matthew 18, just before he tells the story of the guy who's, you know, owes the million dollar debt, Peter comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, let me ask you a question. How many times do we have to forgive another person? Now, you need to know that in the law that day, you know, the Jewish law said seven times. Seven. Okay. Matthew 18, 22. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Now, here's the deal. Many of you like OCD accountant types, you've already done the math, right? How many times are you required to forgive? That's what you're thinking. How many? 
490, right? And so, I mean, listen, and, and you're thinking, man, I've got it. I got it, 490. And you're thinking, man, the person next to me, they're dangerously over 400, right? That's what you're thinking. But listen, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, how many times should you forgive others? Well, how many times do you want God to forgive you? That's the answer. I mean, what if I go to God for forgiveness? He says, Chris, I'm sorry, 491. You're out of luck. He doesn't do that. Instead, no matter how many times I go to him, whenever I sincerely, humbly ask him for forgiveness, he forgives. So when we're hurt by other people and we go to God and say, God, how many times do I gotta go through this? How many times do I have to forgive them? 70 times seven in God's math is not 490. It's every time. Listen, I know, I get it. I know this is hard. In fact, some of the strongest teaching in the Bible is around this principle, that our forgiveness and our blessing from God is somehow connected to our forgiveness of other people. And that's why this is such a big deal. That's why this is such a huge issue. And if you're gonna you know, move forward in 2021, and if this is gonna be your year, then it better be your year to forgive. Because God says the only way you and I can experience his best is to forgive. And it's a choice. Listen, it's not an emotion. It, it is a choice. And so today, you have a choice to make. You know, on, on one side of the equation, you can choose to hold on to those grudges. I mean, you can. You can choose to, to hold on to your desire for re revenge. You can, you can let bitterness just run wild in your life. I mean, ultimately, bitterness is a choice that you can choose. God's not gonna force you. You can choose bitterness. But just know if that's the path you go, if that's the choice you make to allow bitterness run wild in your life, it will manifest itself in some terribly unhealthy ways. Hebrews 12, 15 says, watch out that no bitterness takes what? Root. We talked about that last week, right? Those roots, those weeds. Make sure it doesn't take root among you, for as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. It will manifest itself in things like high blood pressure, irritability, short temper, sleeplessness, depression, isolation, negative attitudes. It will destroy your relationships. Or you can choose to forgive and find freedom. You can walk down this path and you can find peace with God and peace with others. You can, you can find health and joy and love. When you choose to forgive, you are saying, God, take me to a higher level of living. Make me more like you. And so my challenge to everyone today is to choose freedom. Choose to forgive in 2021. Release that person that you've been holding on to and experience freedom. If you're ready, if you're ready to experience that freedom, I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to pray with me to release that other person. I want you to walk out of here today knowing that we found the freedom of forgiveness. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for this teaching on 
forgiveness. And Father, let's just, uh, let's just start you know, with step one. God, I, I believe, I know, week in and week out, you are drawing people to yourself here in person, online. And Father, there's some people that are listening to this who have not yet humbly come before you and ask for forgiveness. Father, they're carrying around the stain of sin, the burden of, of separation between, between them and you. And listen, if that's you today, let me tell you something. Our God is ready. He is waiting. He is wanting. He wants to forgive you. He wants to be in a love relationship with you. He has already done all that's required. He sacrificed his one and only son, Jesus, for you and for your sin. And so if you will just cry out to him right now, just humbly admit what you already know in your heart. Just say, Father, I know it. I admit it. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. The, the, the stain of my sin is great. But, Father, I know that your grace is, is greater. I know the, what you did for me is greater than the stain of my sin. And I, I cry out to you right now, humbly admitting my sin. And I say, God, I believe. I believe that Jesus really is your Son. I ask him to come into my life to forgive me of my sin, to be my Savior and to be my Lord. And God, for the rest of my life, I just want to follow Jesus. I want to become more and more like you see me right now, forgiven and brand new. And Father, I know there are many people in this room who have made that decision already, many people who are watching who are forgiven believers, followers of Jesus, but God, all of us, all of us have people in our lives, people in our past, people in our life right now that we've been holding on to bitterness. We have been holding on to, to grudges. And Father, I just pray right now that we would, we would list them. We would name them by name in our heart right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I, as, as Pastor Chris has been speaking, I've been thinking about this person, this individual. I have been replaying the pain of that in my life and my, the, the hurt that it caused my heart. And God, I know it hurt you too. Father, I, I know that you understand my pain greater than anyone else. Help me right now today to release them to set them free, not to carry on this, this burden anymore of my, my right for repayment, my right for revenge. God, today, help me just to set them free. Help me to forgive. And Father, I, I'm not sure if that relationship can be restored. I'm going to do my part. I will. I'm going to act in a, in a good and godly way to that person. I'm going to think good thoughts about them. God, I'm going to start praying for them and their heart, because I know that ultimately hurt people do hurt people. And God, I'm not making excuses, I'm not, but I'm just admitting what's, what may or may not have happened. And God, I just want to do my part today. I want to set them free. I'm going to do my best to stop talking about it, talking about them, stop rehearsing it. And when it comes up in my mind and my heart, Father, I'm going to be reminded of how much you've forgiven me and how you've set me free. Father, I, wanna, I don't want you to withhold anything from me because I am withholding from others. Help me, Father, to forgive and to set people free.
We love you, God. We pray all these things today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.